This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We'll be joined shortly by Jason Lockenfora, <laughs> host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes, that covers the entire NFL. We'll whip you around for week five, which starts, starts tonight. Hello, let me do my math. Three, get you to noon. I think 11, 11 hours. Yeah, 11-ish hours until the Broncos and Colts square off. A lot of times we pussyfoot around before we get to the Commanders. I think the Commanders deserve first question. Sure. That's fine. Works with for me. With the Schneider the, stuff the bi- okay. and then with the, the big changes you know, possibly. What kind of changes? Is it time to pull the plug on Carson yet? There it is. can't believe we're to the uh, let's pull the plug on Carson talk, and it's not even week five yet. I'm, not, I'm not advocating for that. I know. I, I know, but it's, it's – I it's, might have you know next week. Is? Maybe I will. Maybe it's, I will. It's simmering. Let's see how he plays. Starting to simmer. If he's really bad again, one thing I have turns learned, the ball over two times, they yeah. lose, you might be in that One camp. thing I have learned is he's, he doesn't have the athleticism, clearly, and he needs protection. Right. All right, let's go to the BetQL guest hotline. It's Jason Lockenfora. What's up, Jason? What's going on, gents? All right, you know, I was saying to the boys, you know, oftentimes Commanders you, out of the gate, JLC. Yeah, we, we pussyfoot around before we get to the Commanders at the end of the conversation. I think yeah. they, they deserve to be front and center today. You've got two things. First of all, you've got the off-field drama always. Oh, sure. Right? So I want you to touch on that a little bit. I'm getting the sense, I'm hearing from some people that some news is going to break. And I think it's interesting that Dan was out at center field or whatever, uh, you know, at Jerry's World with the photo op. Then yeah. he comes out with a preemptive, what appears to me to be a preemptive strike statement. Kind of smashing Bruce and all these other people, kind of out of yeah. nowhere. Something's uh, coming. Something's brewing. What's your sense on that? It could be. Um, I hadn't heard anything specifically. Um, you know, I mean, if they've got a couple coordinators who've been around there a while with not a whole lot going right, um, and we're creeping into October, and that's when you start to see these things happen with a little more regularity. Um, that's still on the field stuff. I'm talking about the Snyder stuff and the off-field drama. You know, I obviously haven't heard anything. What, what's your take now? Ron is quoted as saying, I guess he acknowledged at one point that big changes could be coming, uh, you know, kind of depending upon how things go. Is it too early to start talking about that? Or, you know, should they consider, you know, pulling the plug on Wentz? Maybe, um, you know, what oh, happened? yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, is Carson Wentz the – Biggest problem with the organization? No. Um, but is he a future player for them? Is he someone you're going to be deriving real value from in the short term or the long term? No. No. He's not alone in that group, but, but he's certainly in it. And if you want to play the you know the kid they drafted, you certainly could do that. Um, I don't think the infrastructure around him is at a point where that's going to go particularly well. Um, 
and sometimes sitting is, you know, your long-term development is best served in a really bad situation by, frankly, not having to be a part of it and just watching it and learning from it and, you know, getting your head into the offense and and um, sort of learning by osmosis. Um, I don't think, uh, Jason, I don't think that Ron is actually in a position where he could just say, you know what? Okay, it's fine to pull the plug on Carson if you want to because it's it's obvious it's not working so far. But I don't think he he could just say, you know, what, we're going to play the kid and we're just going to develop him. He has to win. So I think if he pulls the plug, he would actually go to Heineke. Not that he's a market upgrade, but at least he can run around a little bit and give you a chance. I don't know. It's not a good situation anywhere you slice it. And they're not a good football team. They're not going to be a good football team this year. They don't have too many discernible strengths right now. I mean, the, the defensive line cert, certainly should be one, and, and I guess it is, but it's not like it's taking games over or it's, you know, covering up for their other deficiencies and blemishes. Um, you know, the off the field, I, I don't know what would happen. I mean, I don't I – don't, I mean, doesn't sound like he wants to sell the team. He never has, and you know, no, over no, his no. dead body. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't know if if there'd be any announcements coming from Capitol Hill, and he's trying to get ahead of those or whatever. I'm um, thinking some Bruce stuff, like maybe some Bruce, you know, uh, testimony more leaks, leaking. more leaks. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. It could be. It it it, it could be. Um, it's just it's it's just a shame, man. I, I feel for people who. Uh, you know, we're born into this thing and have grown up there. And, and, you know, for those who've never experienced anything other than this crap, and for those who actually saw what this franchise once was, you know what I mean? Like, there's no – I don't know which is worse, like which is tougher. I, I guess it's probably tougher for people who actually remember RFK and remember being, uh, you know, one of the, the the elite franchises in football and that expectation that any given year could be our year. Um, I guess it's probably tougher for them. Um Pretty bad. It's not good for anybody, and there just aren't. You know, there's some bad teams in the league where you're like, well, at least they've got a ton of draft picks, or you know, at least they've got this young coach who seems to be getting a little better every week and figuring out. Or, you know, I, I there's sort of things that you can talk yourself into saying why they're not in the worst spot, or you know, why there is hope around the corner. I, I don't, you know what I mean? I, I have a real hard time, yeah. right, engendering those things, creating a list of what you should feel good about with commander's football. I, I, it's a very short list. And, Jason, I think another thing that damages them that, that doesn't get talked about a lot is the fact that there's a much better product just 30 miles away in Baltimore. And you you see the shift of people who are Washington fans for a long time in certain parts of Maryland especially, that they just now root for the Ravens. They're, That's true. They're, they're sick of the commanders and all the drama, and they're like, why would I root for these losers who haven't done anything in 25 or 30 years? But the Ravens are having well, their own issues. Okay, yeah, they are. But they're, they're – I don't know. They're, but they're it's warm. nothing compared to this. Yeah, I mean, course, it's nothing course, compared to this. Of course. The Ravens are warmer and fuzzier than the, no the commanders are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and there's probably a little bit of that going on, and I, I – I get the sense that the Ravens feel like there's a, a possibility to maybe flip a few more people in their direction in certain corridors of of this region. And I know that they've they're sort of their marketing approach and some of the things they've done, you know, in the off season have been attempts to expose their brand to more people. Um, 
but it's the commander's their own worst enemy. I mean, so much of what goes on there is self-inflicted and just egregious and hard to stomach. <laughs> Where did you stand on the um, on the Harbaugh going for the fourth and two, and then ultimately the pick? Where did yeah, you stand? I, on that? I, the best football player on their team is Lamar Jackson, and I don't think it's particularly close. And so I, I am totally, I, and and he doesn't trust his defense, nor should he. Um, they're the thirty-second ranked defense in the league from the start of last year to now, and people are like, oh well, they held the Bills to twenty points. Well, did you look at the last five drives? <laughs> you know, they got a couple early turnovers, and they built the lead up, and then Buffalo scored four of the previous five times they had the ball. They got a sack from Oa. To derail one series, but the 12 plays, 71 yards, touchdown. 12, uh, eight plays, 51 yards, field goal. You know, it was nine plays, 81 yards, touchdown. Then they, you know, then they got the the sack, but Buffalo comes back down, kills the rest of the clock, and kicks the, the field goal. So I didn't like the play call in and of itself. You know, both their tackles were having a bad day. They're playing without a real left tackle. They got a fourth round developmental right tackle. Daniel Falele, who's playing left tackle, and they go to an empty set at the goal line against a really good D-line, and both tackles get blown up, and there was no boot action. There was no rollout to help Lamar sort of see things. The pocket completely collapsed around him. On a day when, when Morgan Moses needed some help and Falele needs help pretty much every snap he's playing, to then go, you know, to go empty there and a straight drop back and Lamar's legs not really able to bail you out, um, I had problems with, with and some of the, the personnel that was on the field. You got a running back on the field who played two snaps all day. Why is one of them there? Um, I have questions, but going for it, I get, because their defense stinks. <laughs> was there miscommunication at the end of that game when Marcus Peters came off the field and he was blowing up at Harvard? Yeah. Was there miscommunication? Because when Buffalo ran the ball, just kind of burning the clock, setting up that field goal, a lot of the guys were letting the the runner go, and then yeah. they finally tackled him, and then that's when Peters came off the field and he was all pissed. Was there a miscommunication on the defense about letting him score? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I think most people were on, got the memo that we got to let him score or, or we've got to create a turnover. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, OA punched at the ball. He tried to get the ball out, but he didn't. And then at that point, you know, you could argue the runner's going to go down either way. They probably needed to let them score a play earlier than they did. Um, but the directive was out to, you know, in essence, get off the field, let them get in the end zone. And obviously they, they weren't able to execute that. I think Peters was, was probably more upset from not taking the points in the first place, right. you know? right. Um, I think that's where sort of he he started getting fired up, and then that play doesn't work, and now they're at the twenty instead of the one because you know Lamar did get picked in the end zone, and the whole thing just sort of crumbled. But I mean, they've lost five straight games at home, mm. dating back to last year when they played good quarterbacks. They they crumble late. They they don't close games out in the fourth quarter. Um, they they tend to have these miscommunication issues or, or, or um, you know, guys not aligned right, guys not following the script, guys um, not all on the same page. That's That, unfortunately, has become uh, hallmarks of Ravens football the last few years. Now, we can't get into Tom Brady's head, but, nope. but he's a human being. Yes. And everything that's happening with him in his personal life, it, 
I mean, it would affect you. It would affect me. Sure. It would affect every human, right, at their workplace. But, yeah. um And I was listening to Ira Kaufman talk about – he was a, well, obviously a Buccaneers insider, and he was yeah. sa- saying he was talking to sources, and Tom Brady is miserable. Hmm. He's miserable playing football. He's miserable at the field. He's miserable at practice. He's obviously miserable at home. So uh, his numbers were pretty good last week, even though they lost the game. But uh, yeah. going forward, how is this going to affect his play and the success of the team? Well, I got to think it's going to affect it. It's it's hard not to. As much as he, you know, tries to be this football cyborg and block everything else out and fine tune his body and fine tune his mind and just stay in the moment, right? All that stuff. It's it, I, I mean, he he's. He's sort of dealing with his football mortality. He may be dealing with his marriage's mortality. Um, mm-hmm. He's banged up. They haven't had the group around him that he's had in years past. It's not the same offensive line. They've had injuries and struggles there. Um, obviously, he hasn't had many pass catchers that he's familiar with around him most weeks. It's still early. Their seasons have tended to start slowly and ramp up. Um, and I just looked at their schedule. They get as they've got along. Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Carolina, the next three. So he game and probably still win. But yeah, but oh. like I mean, it does. Look, this much seems clear. There, there's not. He's written so many miracle sort of scripts, right? And he's defied the odds so many times. I don't think this is going to be like he walks off in the sunset holding a Lombardi trophy. You know, I don't think it's going to be close to that, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess, is there a doomsday scenario where, you know what I mean, where the, the bottom really falls out and they're not in playoff contention and, and he just, you know, takes a leave of absence or whatever to deal with other stuff? I, I don't know. I, I certainly can't predict the future in that regard. But it doesn't it doesn't look great. Um, he probably doesn't feel great mentally and physically. Uh, if anybody could pull out of something, it's it's him. But I, I think it's fair to to wonder if if it does collapse there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jason, as if the Eagles needed any more help in the future, they hold New Orleans' fourth draft yeah, pick at that? this point. They'll, they'll potentially be t- picking in the top five in next year's draft. That is insane. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, how I, that happened? Like, what, yeah, what remind me was? how they got that. Oh, they, they uh, oh, jeez. I don't even know where, I, where I, that I, one came from. It I wasn't obviously the, the, yeah, I, they've made so many transactions there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, how he's collected a lot of draft picks. He's redistributive at times. Um, you know, there, there was a point in time where they were not positive about the quarterback, right? So they wanted to be in a position to address that over the course of multiple drafts if they felt like they needed to. Um, I mean, I think when San Francisco went all the way up to get Lance, right, that Philly was a part of one of the moves they made there. Yeah, there's 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 been a, a flurry of activity there to try to reposition that team. Uh, kind of started as they were – moving off of Doug Peterson, and certainly when they moved off of him. Uh, they're pretty loaded, man. It's a it's a good roster. Like, there's not 
It's a good offensive line. It's a good defensive line. Um, so I'm reading it. They acquired that same first-round pick in this past draft when the Eagles sent the 16 and the 19 pick overall to New Orleans, and it was just a it was just part of that trade. Okay. So they got the 20. Wrong. They got the 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I don't think New Orleans is one of the four worst teams in the league. I, I think Probably they've got not. better talent than that. They've had they've had some weird stuff happen, and they've they've had obviously their share of of mm-hmm. injuries as well. Um, and if you know if Jameis comes back, stays relatively healthy, they're going to win some games. But like. Does that end up being the twelfth pick or the ninth pick or something like that? I mean, it, very, it could. It very well. It very well could be, and it's yeah. early, but people are buzzing about this quarterback draft. So when that happens, those picks are worth even more. If this is a draft where they feel like four or five are going to go in the first round and not one or two, so then that's even more currency, especially if you're one of the teams that doesn't need them. And right now, I would say they're one of the teams that doesn't need a quarterback. Jason, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week, man. You got it.